0: This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, today it is all about the peril of unbelief, and the believer's rest. Let us always remember that we have a perfect high priest in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me bring you real quick over here to Hebrews 5, 7 to 10. It says, In the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent, urgent supplications for that which he needed, with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God, his sinlessness, and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. Although he was a son who had never been disobedient to the Father, he learned active, special obedience through what he suffered. Verse 9, And having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared, As Savior and retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation and an eternal inheritance to all those who obey him, being designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So, therefore, today, we are going to be looking at the book of Hebrews. We're we're going to be looking at Hebrews 3, 12 to 10. And then the the whole chapter, the whole chapter 4 of Hebrews. Yeah, let me just double check. Yeah, I think I want to do the whole chapter. Chapter 4. Yep, because listen. We will see the peril of when we walk in unbelief. But we also have the assurance that as believers, we have rest in Christ Jesus. We will learn from Israel's unbelief when god brought them through that wilderness for for those 40 years but they they did not achieve what god wanted them to have and that is faith they walked in unbelief because they heard the word of god but they didn't mix that with faith and so God said, the Lord said that because of their unbelief, they will absolutely not enter into his rest. So before we get started, we are going to pray. And I will be praying out of Psalms 95, that's entitled Praise to the Lord. And warning against unbelief. So let us just flip these pages folks. I'm telling you. It is it's something awesome. That when you put your complete trust in the Lord. No matter what is going on in your life. You rest comfortably. Not that these problems may just instantly disappear, although in most cases, a lot of the time, they really do, only because the magnification of the crisis has now been rested at the foot of Jesus Christ, amen, thank you, Holy Spirit, so, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you, We want you to be our king and our God. We lift up holy hands to give you praise, give you glory, and give you thanks. Thank you, Father, for the gift of faith. We see over here in Psalms 95 where it warns us against unbelief. Starting in verse 7 of Psalms 95, you say, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts and become spiritually dull as at Meribah the place of strife, and as at Massa, the place of testing in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, even though they had seen my work of miracles. For 40 years, I was grieved and disgusted with that generation, and I said, They are a people who err in their heart, and they do not acknowledge or regard my ways. Therefore, I swore an oath in my wrath. They absolutely shall not enter my rest, the land of promise. Amen. So, Father, we can take a look at. Israel's mistake that although you had performed miracle after miracle to release them from the bondage of Egypt on their way to the promised land, when according to the book of Deuteronomy, it was to be only an 11-day journey. But it turned out to be 40 years. Because of their stubbornness, rebellion, and unbelief. Father, we give you so much thanks. That we have these writings. Not that we be and bash anybody. But we have testimony of a group of people who who were chosen, chosen by holy God to be a great nation. But because of their unbelief, they did not enter the promised land, only a handful. So, Father, with today's lesson, I ask for wisdom in order to teach today's lesson. I ask for discernment. May the Holy Spirit open up our minds so that we can see that when we walk in unbelief, it is pride, it is arrogant, and it gets confusing because how do we say we have faith, but then we don't put any feet to the faith. So I give you much glory today. Thank you, Father. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. Before we get to... Hebrews, right? I want to give us six ways people show unbelief toward God because the whole background and summary about what had happened in the wilderness, we saw that we saw that how God promises the children of Israel that he is going to give to them the land of Canaan, which is the promised land, right? God, however, wants them to spy out the land and discover for themselves the nature and quality of the land before they all enter into the land and possesses it as promised. We see that in Numbers 13, to 21, right? Because back up there in Numbers 1, 1, we saw how God, in fact, promised them this land, right? If we look at Numbers thirteen twenty two to 26, it was all about how People from each of the 12 tribes are assigned and sent out to spy out the land, including Caleb and Joshua. Then, 40 days later, they return from spying the land and the spies give a report to Moses, to Moses and Aaron and all of the congregation of the Israelites, right? The majority of the spies, more than 98% 98 of them, give a very bad report and reasons about why it would be impossible for them to possess the land. The negative and unbelieving spies spoke of giants who resided in the land who were too large and too strong in stature to defeat. We see this occurring in Numbers 13, 31 to 33. So out of all the spies who went to spy on the land, only Caleb and Joshua believed in the promises of God, and that despite the giants that lived in the land, Caleb and Joshua believe that God will give the Israelites victory to overcome the giants so that they may possess the promised land. And we see this in Numbers thirteen thirty, as well as Numbers 14, 6 to 8. Amen, And as a side note, Caleb here in these accounts is what prompted me to name my son Caleb. Because as I was reading that story way back in the day, something about Caleb's faith, something about his tenacity that he didn't care who was over there in that promised land because they didn't have the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob on their side. So he was telling them, Oh, absolutely. We can do this. And that spirit of faith, it resonated with me. And I prayed to the Lord that if he were to ever bless me with another son, Oh, his name was going to be Caleb. And Fast forward 2009, not only did I name him Caleb, but his middle name is Joseph, because Joseph is another great hero of faith of mine. So, little sidebar there. However, the children of Israel complain and reflect their unbelief, not only toward Moses, Aaron, Caleb, and Joshua, but they also reflected their lack of belief toward God. Yeah, toward God himself, who on many occasions had, has shown them his presence and power. We see this in Numbers 14, 1 through 4, as well as in verses 9 and 10. God eventually decides to punish the Israelites for 40 years into the wilderness and by not allowing the older generation to enter the promised land. And we see this in Numbers 14, 21 to 45. So, how are we like the Israelites in our personal lives well it's is easy as a reader to judge the children of israel for for failing to trust god even after the many miracles and signs that he showed them like the parting of the red sea and the fact that they constantly had had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Therefore, the presence and power of the Lord was always with them. Yet the Israelites still had unbelief in their hearts. So, why did they have unbelief? Why were they rebellious? Why did they reject the promise of God? Do we? Do we? as individuals, sometimes behave like the children of Israel. Hmm. So that's why I want to give us six ways people show unbelief toward God. Number one, we can show unbelief by allowing our circumstances and challenges to negatively affect our faith in God and in His promises. Yeah, number two, we can show unbelief by leaning on our own logic and reasoning instead of thinking according to God's word and promises. Yeah, number three, we can show unbelief by not trusting in God's motives. God's motives motives are always good. Amen. Number four, we can show unbelief by being rebellious towards God's word and teachings. Oh, absolutely. That's a big one. Number five, we can show unbelief by rejecting the goodness and perfect nature of God. Amen. Yeah. And last but not least number 6 we can show unbelief by allowing fear to control our choices and decisions oh yeah we can we can walk around this life professing and confessing christ until we are blue in the faith and the face but Whenever you get into a situation, do you really have faith? Or do you murmur and complain about how you thought this was supposed to be your best life ever in Christ? And again, this also ultimately goes back to who are you listening to? Who... Who are you listening to in order to put your belief in Jesus? Because if you continue to let these apostate churches tell you what faith is, you will be shipwrecked because they tell you God only wants to bless you and that if you bring him money, you will live your best life ever and you keep on doing that and yet your life is still in turmoil because you are putting your faith in money rather than our creator. So, no, it's not supposed to go your way. We Listen, we are to put our complete faith and trust in the one who shed blood for you and for me. So... Let us come over here to the book of Hebrews. Because what, what I love about the Old Testament. Is that these accounts. All, all of them stories. Serve a purpose for us. It shows us what pleases God. And what does not pleases Him. And so if we come over here. To Hebrews chapter 3. Starting at verse 12. Hold on. Let me just slide this over here. Make some room. As always right. Verse 12. Of Hebrews 3. Talks about the. Peril of unbelief. It says. Take care. Brothers and sisters. That there not be any. No, that there not be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. But continually encourage one another every day as long as it is called today. And there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion. By the deceitfulness of sin is cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. For we believers have become partakers of Christ. Amen sharing in all that the Messiah has for us. If, here we go with the if, folks. If only we hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to Him until the end. Amen. And folks, that is why every time I start the podcast. Long ago, the Holy Spirit prompted me to always make this proclamation. Never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Never give up on him. No matter what is going on in your life, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, If for nothing else, give up on sin, give up on depression, give up on misery, give up on those things, but don't give up on your high priest. Not at all. And so back over here to verse 14 of Hebrews 3, if only We hold firm our newborn confidence, which originally led us to him until the end. While it is said today, while there is still opportunity, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah. Amen. Oh, get back here, Mike. Mike about to fall off the table. So, what happened in the desert at Meribah? Because it was over there when the Lord was like, you know what? You know what? I am done with this generation. Oh, oh, so that is why I be loving these these footnotes. That go <clears throat> that goes along with the scriptures because it provides a wealth of a backstory. Let me let me tell you. So let us come over here to Exodus, because in that opening prayer in Psalms ninety-five, it mentions this place Meribah, that how God has says, uh-uh, nope, y'all only what that um, younger. Generation what 20 and below, and Caleb and Josh and Joshua were the only ones to enter into the promised land. So, what had happened at Meribah? Okay, among the many accounts of murmuring and complaining. So, if we come over here to Exodus, real quick Exodus 17. Is it the whole, do I want to read the whole chapter? No, I want to go from verses 1 through 7. So now, check this story out, okay? Then all the congregation of the children of Israel, excuse me, of the children of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by, by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink therefore the people quarreled quarreled with Moses and said give us water so we may have something to drink and Moses said to them why do you quarrel with me why do you tempt the Lord and try his patience but the people were thirsty they were thirsty for water and the people murmured against moses and said why did you bring us why did you bring us up from egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst so moses cried out to the lord for help saying what shall i do with this people They are almost ready to stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take into your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, There you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may have something to drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place where this miracle occurred Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means contention, because of the quarreling. Of the sons of Israel. And because they tested. The patience of the Lord. Saying. Is the Lord among us or not? Amen. Alrighty then. There we go with that. So. To answer their question. Absolutely the Lord was with you. How do you think. You all got up out of Egypt. But the moment they got hot. The moment they got thirsty. Oh so now. It wasn't about praise the Lord. It was about well. Are you with us or not. Because we's thirsty. (laughs) Lord have mercy. So. Glory be to God. Let us come back over here. To Hebrews 3. Okay. So. Where was we? We're out right. Verse 16. So here we go. For who were they who heard and yet provoked him? Right. Because we were just reading in verse 15. Right. How today is the day. That if you, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me in the rebellion in the desert at Meribah. And we just read what had happened over there, right? Verse 16, for who were they who heard and yet provoked him with rebellious acts? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Yep. And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned whose dead bodies were scattered in the desert? Yep. And to whom did he swear an oath? That they would not enter his rest. But to those who disobeyed. Those who would not listen to his word. Yep. So verse 19. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest. The promised land. Because of unbelief and An unwilling, no, an unwillingness to trust in God. Amen. See the peril of unbelief in the Lord. Because Israel could not enter his rest, which was the promised land. Well, how much more so now that Christ has gone to the cross for us. How much more greater rest do we have? We have eternal, eternal rest in our Savior. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. So if we come over here to the next chapter, chapter 4, starting at verse 1, they say, Therefore... While the promise of entering his rest still remains, because God our Lord is still providing a way for us to enter into this rest. This rest he was trying to give to the children of Israel. But because of fear and unbelief and the murmuring and the complaining and the unwillingness to put their complete trust in him, they did not get their inheritance. Only the younger generation and Caleb and Joshua. So, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us let us fear in any case, any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. No, it's not too late, folks. That's why these writers of writers of Hebrews were saying that. If today you hear, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Come, come for today is the day of your salvation. Amen. So look, verse two of Hebrews four, for indeed, we have had the good news of salvation preached to us just as the Israelites also when the good news of the promised land came to them but the message they heard did not benefit them why because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard it for we who believe that is we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest. So we have His inner peace now. Why? Because we are confident in our salvation and assured of His power. Just as He has said, As I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all who would believe, for somewhere in scripture he has said this about the seventh day. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. We see this in Genesis 2.2. And again, they shall not enter my rest. And we see this back over there. We just read in the opening prayer in 95.11. Because listen, talking about God's rest, right? God rested because everything that needed to be done was done back there, over there in Genesis 2. Right? Everything was complete, fully accomplished. Well, in human terms, this expression of rest is used when a lawyer, let's say for example, a lawyer completes his presentation in a court of law. He rests his case. Meaning... Everything is in evidence. There is nothing left to present. Amen. So when the Lord Jesus Christ said, it is finished, it is finished. We now have rest in him. Just like when he was alive during during his earthly ministry, he was telling the people, come to him for rest because to keep it all in context although God gave them 613 laws well the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the elders and the scribes well they were heaping upon the people more more and more commandments all of these traditions of men that was making God's word of no of none effect. The people could not handle all of that. And so that's why Jesus said, Come to me and I will give you rest. Amen. And he is saying that to us today. So back over here to Hebrews 4, verse 4. No, verse 5. Nope, we said that. And again in this they shall not they shall not enter my rest. Well verse six therefore since the promise remains for some to enter his rest and those who formerly had the good news preached to them failed, failed to grasp it and did not enter why? Because of their unbelief, evidenced by disobedience. He again sets a definite day, verse 7, Hebrews 4. He again sets a definite day, a new today, providing another opportunity to enter that rest by saying through David... After so long a time, just as he had, just as, mm, just as has been said before in the words already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And we know that's from uh, Psalms 95, seven to eight, this mention of arrest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak about another day of opportunity after that. So there remains to the glory of God a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. Verse 10. For the one who has once entered his rest also rested from the, the weariness, weariness and pain of his human labors. Just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own back over there in Genesis 2. 2. So verse 11, this is the encouragement of the believer's rest. It says, let us therefore make every effort, make every effort to enter that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. Amen. So this is all tying together. That's why that huge generation dropped dead in the desert. And they didn't have the opportunity because of their murmuring and complaining and unbelief to enter into that rest, into that promised land. So fast forward to us today Don't harden your hearts. When you hear that call of God. Answer. Answer. And by answering it. We automatically fall into this rest. We don't have to try to figure out. How we are going to accomplish. All that he has laid out for us. This is a faith walk. From glory. To glory to glory now we may not know all the ins and outs of what it is he wants us to do but by faith we walk by faith and not by sight so we just take each instruction as it comes all the while relying on him for the next step trusting in him That he knows what he is doing. Trusting in the fact that we are not to lean on our own understanding. But that when we trust the Lord, he will absolutely make your path straight. Have some patience. We know you want everything right now. You want all the prophecies To be fulfilled that was spoken over you. You want everything that God has called you to do. To happen right now. But. Are you consecrated to him? Because what I found out. Thank you Holy Spirit. And what I've learned. You too must have a wilderness experience in your life. You must be tested. Okay. Listen. Every person of faith in the Bible, they got tested. Okay. (laughs) Not that God didn't know whether or not how this was going to pan out, but it was for you. It was for them so that they could know where they truly stand in their faith. Just like you. You need to know. Come to find out my hand is raised. We all need to be tested where we are in the faith so that we are not walking around here giving the Lord lip service and then the moment he push you to the test you fail. So it's not that God don't know how this all going to pan out but it's It's for you so that you will know where you absolutely stand in the Lord. Amen. And so back over here. Verse 12, because we just read verse 11. Let's read it again so we can flow. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves. Amen, so that no one will fall by by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it making it operative, energizing and effective. It is. Oh, yes it is. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, which is the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, which is the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging This is what the Word of God does in your life, okay? Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. Folks, I'm telling you, the Word gets down and cut through to the soul of a man. Oh, yes, it does. Look, verse 13, and not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight But all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. Amen. And what have we been talking about lately on the podcast? Us having to give an account to the Lord on judgment day of all what we have done while in the body whether it be good or bad and we see right here how the word of god cuts down to the marrow <clears throat> to the marrow of a person dividing the soul and the spirit and that how everything will be open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. Amen. So verse 14. Inasmuch then. Okay. Since we know all we do. We will have to give an account to him. But guess what? You don't have to walk in unbelief. You don't have to walk in rebellion and sin. No. No. Hello, folks, we have a high priest, a high priest who willingly laid down his life for us to make atonement for our sins. Christ Jesus stood in the gap. He paid, listen, he paid the penalty, the penalty for our wrongdoings, our rebellion, our disobedience disobedience toward the Father. Well, God's justice demands payment for sin, right? Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. And it's talking about eternally separated from God over there in that lake of fire. But God's wrath was poured out instead Instead of being poured out on us, rightly deserving, he poured it out on Christ Jesus. Jesus, Lord Jesus suffered on the cross, looking ahead to this time that we will come to him and that we will share in his glory. And that we will be with him for all of eternity, enjoying his kingdom. That's why. And so, if we profess Him, if we have truly repented of our sins, then we walk by faith. Absolutely. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What does Galatians 2.20 tell us? How we have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live because Christ lives on the inside of me. So this life, I live in this body, I live it by what? Faith. In whom? The Son of God. Why? Because he loved me. And what else? He gave himself up for me. Amen. So that is why we don't walk by what we see, feel, hear, taste, Whatever experience, whatever we walk it by faith. So, back over here, verse 14 in closing, right? In as much because this is Hebrews 4, let us not forget, in as much then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in Him as Savior. Amen. Yo, I I must say that again. So that we can all, all of us, get this down deep in, into the spirit. Listen. Inasmuch. Inasmuch then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Let us us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in Him as Savior. Amen. For we do not, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, sympathize and, and understand our weaknesses and temptations but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet, yet without committing any sin. Amen. Well, therefore, therefore, having said all of that, right, let us with privilege, approach the throne of grace that is the throne of god's gracious favor favor with confidence okay because trust me my hand is raised you ain't going to have no confidence coming to the throne room of god when you got sin and filth on your hands it ain't it ain't happening folks That's why we must live clean and holy and come before the living God with a clear, clean conscience, okay? Because that's why, right, Holy Spirit, that is why people have no hope. They have no faith, even though they profess Christ is because they don't feel they are worthy enough. They they are not good enough to ask God God for anything. Why? Because of the sin that is still prevalent in their lives, folks. Please understand today because by the grace of God I've been shouting this from the rooftops that you must Put away all sin. Do you not? Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Do you not know that Christ Jesus has set you free from the bondage and control and dominance of sin when he took on your punishment on the cross? He has set you free. You are no longer a slave to sin. You don't have to sin. But for the fact that you are sinning, it's because you want to. Yes, you do. Because if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Put your faith in the Lord that whatever it is that seems to bog you down, Put it in his hands. Go to him. Cry out, Lord, help me with this. I can't seem to stop it, but I know in you, I can do all things. Take this from me. And then what you must do, you must not make provision for that thing to come back into your life. This takes some work. Do you not know how hard it was for Jesus to pick up his cross, deny what he wanted, and go to the cross anyway, knowing that pain is on the way? Separation from the Father is on the way, but for the joy. Glory be to God, but for the joy. Looking ahead. That you will come to him one day and he endured the pain and the suffering of the cross anyway. And you mean to tell me that a pack of cigarettes, a pack of cigarettes is going to take you straight to a burning hell. Because cigarettes is not the only thing going on in your life. I can assure you drinking is involved somewhere. Sex is involved somewhere. Unforgiveness is somewhere around there because for the most part, people smoke cigarettes out of anxiety and stress and 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 after having a good gluttonous meal. Okay, cigarettes, I can assure you, okay, is not the only thing going on in your life. It must start somewhere and it should have started when you have repented. Turn from your wickedness and come to Christ. And so this whole walk, I hate to break it to you. It is all about faith. Mm -hmm. Every stick of it. So, verse 16. And then I'm going to let y'all go. Therefore, let us, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace that is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that so that finally we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Amen. Folks, listen, we cannot deceive ourselves to even think for one moment that we are going to be living our best lives ever. Now that we are in this kingdom, that we ain't never going to have anything to worry about. That we we are never going to face temptations. and And that how we won't ever miss the mark again. When we, in those times, miss the mark, we have confidence that we can come to the Father. We can come boldly. To the throne room of grace to seek mercy and help in our time of need <clears throat> first John one nine tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Don't take that as a license to continue to willfully, knowingly, deliberately sin against holy God. Because you may think you are pulling one over on him. No, you are not. We cannot be in willful sin, folks. Yes, we may miss the mark. Listen. As one precious sister has said, it is a difference of falling in the dirt and rolling in the dirt. Huge difference, folks. Huge difference. So, no one is being self-righteous. No one, none of us. Are walking around here. As if we don't get it. Oh we get it all right. What. What should keep us all grounded. Is that lake of fire. And that how Christ Jesus. Loved us so much that. He willingly gave up his life for us. So. On the face of that. We should make every effort. It is it is our reasonable service to to sacrifice this body unto the Lord. I mean, it's the least you can do. It's the least that I can do to show our gratitude and our belief and faith in the one who saved us. We ain't supposed to be we ain't supposed to be rolling around in the dirt now it listen it is time to get up shape up and get on with the business at hand cuz folks judgment day is coming and all that we are doing good or bad will testify against us or for us on the day of judgment Yes, we know we are saved by grace. Through what, folks? Faith. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you know if you have faith, if you don't have any works, evidence, to back up what you say you believe in? Because if you say you believe in Christ as Lord and Savior, and that He has indeed set you free from the bondage of sin... So then why are you still in sin? That means you really don't believe you have been set free because you are the same ones. Keep saying how, oh, it's impossible to stop smoking these cigarettes. Oh, it's so impossible to stop sleeping around, sleeping around. It's so impossible, 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 impossible. Well, then you don't believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, I do. No, You do not. So, there we have it, folks. We must put our full, complete trust into our high priest. You know how Israel had that whole system of sacrificing? Well, they needed a high priest. Because real quick, Hebrews five is saying in verse one, for every high priest, uh, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men and things relating to God, so that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the spiritually ignorant and misguided since he is also subject to human weaknesses, right? Verse 3 says, and because of this human weaknesses, he is required to offer sacrifices for sins for himself, as well as for the people. And besides, one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being high priest, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was, verse 5, so too Christ did not glorify himself so as to be made a high priest but he was exalted and appointed by the one who said to him you are my son today i have begotten i have begotten you declared your your authority and rule over the nations just as he also said in another place you are a priest Appointed forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So there we have it, folks. Whatever is going on in your life, may you seek the Lord. Because let us not forget, when Christ Jesus walked this earth, he walked it as a as a human being. God stepped out of heaven. God made a body for his son so that he will be able to die and pour out his blood so that his people may be saved. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for today's lesson. Thank you that in you we find rest. We find all that we need in order to walk this faith life out. Thank you for sending us your Holy Spirit who teaches us everything, who guides us and lead us. May we we do not continue to grieve the Holy Spirit. May none of your children trample over the precious blood of Jesus there is no more sacrifices to come for sin Christ Jesus was it the final lamb to be slain because if we deliberately you tell us father in chapter 10 of Hebrews that if we deliberately keep on sinning There is no more sacrifices for sin. Our only expectation is of judgment and raging fire. In that same chapter, you tell us that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So, Father, that wakes us up. I pray that it wakes up the body of Christ. That we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We, we just saw, Father, in this quick lesson, the the peril of unbelief. And then we also saw how, as believers, we have rest. Thank you, Father, that you did not... Eternally cut off your rest. Just because Israel did not enter into your rest. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your greatness. And your compassion. And your kindness. That after that you offered us another day today. That if we don't harden our hearts. But if we come to you, we may have rest for our weary souls. So that way we can be sober-minded and be about the Father's business. Glory be to your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning. Amen, amen. And that's first Corinthians fifteen, thirty three to thirty four. Lord willing Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.